0: welcome 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 this is the part two of episode 102 with colin and murray um great conversation and great to talk to if if, if you enjoyed the first part of that and enjoying this in general i've had zane low on previously hugh stevens R- R- rob the bank J- john kennedy all of these people come up in this podcast at one point or another so if you enjoyed uh, th- this one i recommend you scroll through and uh and check add them out we're always sponsored by speech dot com. that's my record label if you could support there that'd be fantastic we've got stickers t-shirts of vinyl mugs we've got barbecue aprons we've got everything you could possibly want yeah head there um just quickly we touched briefly on on mixed martial arts in the second in this one and we kind of skimmed past it or was it in the last one i can't remember but we were going to talk about it a bit more and then and, and come back to it and we didn't but Colin mentions that there'll be some people tuning in thinking, "Oh, it's barbaric." I just just wanted to have a quick word on that because, to me, it's the most beautiful sport in the world. It's far a, a less barbaric, for ex- example, than, than boxing and other things like that. Or, I mean, there's far less injuries and, you know, there are so long-term effects and death than in American football, than in rugby, than in boxing. I think in the UK it gets a bad press of being cage fighting, which it's not it's mixed martial arts like sometimes it's in a cage or an octagon sometimes it's in a ring you know there's all sorts of situations for it and it's yeah for me it's the most beautiful and technical sport out there and i love boxing i love i love football i love i've I've got into rugby in recent years there's a lot of sports i adore but mixed martial arts is the one the one for me oh and of course actually i should mention that since the drunk podcasts which we did the last few weeks where we talked a little bit about mma since we recorded them so after we recorded them but before they went out huge things happened with brock lesnar being announced at ufc 200 uh, michael bisping being the first british uh, ufc champion ever conor mcgregor and nate diaz being announced at ufc 202 um loads of good stuff going on so it's all very exciting and i'm sure we'll talk about that on another drunk cast down the line but for now i will just get on with this and allow you to enjoy part two of colin murray on the distraction pieces podcast this piece of fiction is the intro to distraction pieces this piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction And now we're starting part two. Nice. Obviously behind the curtain, we've yeah. not paused in any way. We, this has gone straight exactly. into it. We had a break, we went for a swim together, <laughs> and now we're back. Um, and let's talk about Radio 1, because it's yeah. it gets a love and it gets hate. And I think um, it probably deserves both in, 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 in ways, but, yep. um, you jump straight onto. Daytime essentially, there, right? Was yeah, it straight I had, in with. with I EG? was, um, writing my magazine, writing columns, living yeah. with
1: a friend, still living a very kind of, it's exactly a lifestyle I expect a student to be living, even though I wasn't a student and never yeah. did beyond 16, but I lived that, still in yeah. that life, like going to gigs and out and yeah. getting up to all sorts of nonsense. And there was a, a way they, of life, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, an occupation. occupation. <laughs> I know, exactly. And there was, a, there was interviews for the, the evening session with Steve Lamac on a Thursday night was going to have a Welsh show, a Scottish show, and an ordinary yes. show. And I knew because of running the magazine and it being been a very small scene... I knew the producers and the people involved in yeah. trying to put that together and they said you got to come down and do it you run the magazine you, this is perfect for you yeah. and I said I have no fucking interest in ever working in radio it's, it wasn't you know, I didn't have huge radio heroes growing up yeah. I, had, I had people who wrote who I admired a lot more so I was like I've not really got a huge interest in this yeah. I don't want to come down and they actually did a round of auditions found the female presenter Donna Legg and couldn't find the guy right. came back to me and said will you do it and I was like I've told you I've no interest and finally bugged me that much i went okay i'll come down and i remember it was after being up all night during one of the world cups after like 36 hour session with my mates just watching football and playing the computer and being absolutely wiped and going down blary eyed and doing this weird audition on a desk for a radio one show and i got it and then all of a sudden like fast forward like a month i'm sitting outside a bar in belfast
0: doing a press launch with steve Lamack. you know it's bizarre how quickly did you fall in love with it because um, it's a weird one with
1: I, radio. Because I, I, I
0: was similar with, with when I had my show on So yeah. I had to have my arm twisted so much oh. to do that because I was like, I'm not, I'm not into it. But then as soon as I started to play stuff and realised that there's certain songs that haven't got any exposure in this country yeah. and, that it, and and remembering, again, I guess I had that weird advantage of remembering how much it meant to me to get that first airplay or to yeah. get that bit of play, then realising, damn, I'm giving a lot of bands or rappers their first yeah. ever airplay in the UK and stuff like that and it suddenly made me go oh wow I'm, I'm into this when I didn't didn't think I would be
1: I, I would say the only thing I associate with the first couple of years of doing radio was fear really I think I had yeah. I
0: remembered the first thing
1: ever which hopefully doesn't exist <laughs> I, had, I remember the tears of like adrenaline rolling down my face it's the only time adrenaline's ever came out in the form of tears yeah yeah, and just being in an awful world of pain of of uh, and and ex- feeling exposed hugely because i am and it it sounds a strange thing to say but i'm sure you you maybe have had it quite a lot because you do these long-form interviews and people will say this maybe it's more common but i am i'm fairly anti-social and and fairly introvert and and very socially awkward you know i i can't do the whole how's your day what do you do for a living type chats? Yeah. I am one second away from going, Would you rather have sex with you know, I'm always <laughs> one step away from saying an appropriate thing, yep, you know, yep, and it's just completely. the way my brain works. Yeah. So it wasn't I learned on air how how to how to sort of <laughs> streamline this thought process and it wasn't easy and, and you know, I got I had very
0: bad moments and good moments and that fear of swearing once, or going uh, in any direction yeah. that you shouldn't go,
1: but even just this, even just the ability of say, for example if if I go, so the thing was you yeah, know just to shit shame. into going like this into the microphone, it, yeah. it's those things you learn, yeah, like even just distance from the microphone takes yeah. a few years,
0: yeah, definitely. so I
1: became obsessed with listening to certain shows. Jerry Anderson, who's my all-time radio hero. He was the only one before I started working in radio I loved. Yeah. This guy who had this show on Radio Ulster and Radio Foil, who, it was an hour and a half, that's how much of a legend he was. Yeah. He passed away, unfortunately, yeah. recently, and uh, he would, um, he did this fantastic show where he'd have people on who would just phone up and go, "Jerry, it's a bird at the bottom of my garden, don't know what it is. And that would be it. That would be the hour and a half from there. <laughs> and, and people were laughing at and with and together and apart and he was just this raconteur on air. Who He, he was always the guy who joined the band before, after the so he joined the band after bob dylan left right you know that type yeah, of thing yeah, he was yeah, always yeah, yeah. one step away from yeah, being yeah. the most famous fucking man in the world yeah and ended up back home so i, I you know he I, I learned a lot from <coughs> me talking to him and listening to him yeah. but so those first years at radio one were regional mm-hmm. filling in for steve lemak so course. looking back on it now i remember that press launch and i remember steve lemak sent at the press launch that kid will replace me, by the way. And, if, and he and I always thought when he was like, "Why the hell did he just say that?" Yeah, just he must before. have said it at in every interview, and then the guy who was putting the show together, he went, no, that was the really odd character for him. And it always stuck with me. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence that this guy had seen something. And I was so passionate, you know, not saying I'm not passionate about music now, but I'm now all of a sudden listening to jazz records and stuff that I don't necessarily have to be angry about anymore. I can actually enjoy them more and not fight a cause. Jazz has fought its cause already. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't need me. And (laughs) I, I just remember... Um, like you say, I I developed quite a militant love of sort of taking a record and making people connect with it, and, Yeah. and you've it got is that to simple. Hear this now. And you've got to listen to everything you're sent. That's the key, and that's your real job. The hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours to find that one record that you go
0: because that's it. That was know. the 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 birth of 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 or, or or a key part of the real new music initiative of of Radio One, yeah. obviously. You'd had always had Peel, mm-hmm. but but that was the birth of kind of right. We're going to make an active thing of. And yeah. again, I associate you and Hugh, and even like Rob the Bank and 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 Zane in many ways as well as as the ones there that even in the era where people into India or whatever else would turn their nose up so much at Radio One, it's like. But these guys are, are, are taking these this. songs well, to the next next l- a l- a level. These are absolutely key. Well, what was
1: interesting. Is I I had the, sort of the the, the <laughs> crossover to working in London. I took various TV shows, good, bad, and terrible, to try and get more in into London to get a yeah. national radio one show. And it was between myself and and a, a, a mad New Zealander to take over an evening session. And they yeah. demoed us time and time and time and time again. And they there was a real split in the building and then they went for Zayn, Zane yeah. and, uh, which was probably the right choice and they, they said look can you do six months until he's available which at the time I don't know maybe your ego's smaller than or whatever I'm not sure whether I would have accepted it now yeah. but I went yeah if I can yeah, as well sure. and Why from no? that uh, weekends with Edith and then quite quickly they moved us on to the daytime and in my head I'm going fucking hell, Die Time Radio, really. one show in the days when you had free plays that had huge impacts, like this one Massive record in impact. ours, yeah. fucking huge, and it's such a shame they don't have it now, yeah. as a rule, but, and they went, you got it. and we went, brilliant, what show? And they went, Mark and Lard, and we just went, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. And that's why I sort of, like, I, I seem to always, and all my career, have been given the Poison Chalice. Yeah. And every job that I've got, and I don't know why I keep getting the Poison Chalices, yeah. but and I'm 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 not to sound arrogant, but I've always succeeded in those poison challenges and yeah, yeah. radio. But i um, you know, and we went on to smash the ratings record and that, and break some good music. And yeah, you know, I remember again, Mark Radcliffe said, "I'm glad it's you too. You oh, know, and that meant a lot. But they were remember. my my I'd grown to love them, yeah. and all of a sudden we were replaced. Yeah. And I hated that. I hated
0: that. Uh, I always remember when um, when Edith teamed up with Adam Buxton on Six Music, yeah. and I remember at the time a lot of people going. How can anyone be other than Adam and Joe and all this? Yeah. And I was always just straight away, I was like, Did you listen to Edith and Colin? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Colin and Edith was like, she's, she's great bouncing yeah. back and forth with someone. Yeah. And it was such a very unselfish. Yeah, completely. Yeah.
1: yeah, you can't really have two people like each other, you know. No. You, you have, and we're still, funny enough, she works in this building now for yeah. Virgin, so we see each other every day, again, yeah. which is really cool. great. But I
0: nearly moved next to her. That was a bit weird so, recently. So, how was it having someone? to share the pressure with? Like you said, those first few years felt always as if you're about to fall off or about to, yeah. to be exposed. Well, How I was it as well. for someone that you're like, right, we've, we've, we've been slung together and it's worked and we're yeah. trusted. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, was there a level well, of safety in numbers?
1: Absolutely. My whole career up until fairly recently, as in, well, I'm about to turn 40, but at least up until 28, 29, 30, 30, maybe even my first full-time Five Live contract, yeah. I've been running my whole life yeah. away from the worry of having no money, having nowhere to live, being yeah. homeless, ending up in jail, all those things. You know, I was still running. So while I was doing this like daytime show in Radio 1, I was still running.
0: I was yeah. expecting any second someone to go
1: fraud back, yeah. you know, and that
0: never escaped me in those it's early days. you such a common th- a you know? th- theme from everyone I seem to talk to, or maybe it's more everyone that's from a working class background or whatever else. There's always that fear of someone's about to say, what are you doing here yeah. hang on how, how have yeah. you got by for so long well, you're I think it's bit, out on your ear you know, what's going it's on a, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a thing that we're it, thing that we're programmed
1: with yeah. at a time when you're not as a kid you're not really uh complimentless enough to go okay i'm not i'm not gonna allow that to yeah. be uh, how i'm socially programmed unfortunately
0: it's, we are it's, when we can't do anything about I was, it i was discussing um, this i mean we're are we in or we're just about in in south london now and i was i've I was, I was talking to a mate of mine recently saying, I've always felt more comfortable in South London. Mm. And she was saying, "It's for me, it's the opposite. I always feel slightly more threatened and it's not as mm. nice. And I was mm. like, that's what gives me the comfort. I think yeah. <laughs> that slight feeling of Absolutely. it being slightly on edge. If I'm in, in nicer areas, it always feels that exact thing. Absolutely. Of even just out in the street, they're about to go, back to the station, mate. Go on, Off go you on, go come on, back exactly. to the station. Don't know how you got past. But and I think
1: eventually we all reached that place <laughs> yeah. where... We 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 become a little bit more wise and a little yeah. older and 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 also you know perspective and all those yeah. things that change it. But certainly during that era with e- Edith, we were two maddens. You know, we yeah. were looking back at it now, really passionate about what we were doing. And 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 I am very as proud of the fact that you know what happened back then. There was a bit of a playoff, really, and that th- you kind of liked the third of the playlist. Yeah. You, you you kind of tolerated another third, and say, absolutely hated that a third stuff other.
0: That you hated
1: and well, there's nothing better than coming off the back of something you fucking hate, knowing that you're about to play Biffy Claro, which sounds like yeah. a mainstream reference now, but back then it wasn't. At that point, and they, it wasn't at all they yet, pop into my head of being an artist. I was able to play daytime radio one to I think we had five and a half million listeners That's who crazy, had who eaten beans and toast yeah. and who were fucking brilliant then and and if anything I, mean, I I'm not doing the snobby thing but you know certainly that album the breakthrough album, the, the sort of the two albums before they broke through and that album would be my favorite little era yeah, yeah. um a biffy Claro. Loads of examples of it's not only new music as well. I think we throw our heritage away very quickly musically. Yeah. So I was also proud and really one of still playing bands like the Manics yeah, and not yeah. saying, "Well, hold on, how old are you now?" And what a
0: lot of bollocks! It's, it's one of the things, and we'll, we'll get to it. It's one of the things I loved about your a, a late show was exactly that: was you could go, "Oh, actually, this song isn't brand new. I'm not mm. breaking this new artist but it never got the fucking respect it deserved." Absolutely, you know what I mean? no one knew about this. And would, this was a brilliant song. But there, was, there was two things about
1: that. Well, before, well, the other one ben, I want to mention is yeah, like, can you, can you imagine Sigur Ross album tracks in Radio 1 today in the yeah. afternoon? It just wouldn't happen. But we were, look, we, we, our ratings were higher then yeah. than they are now yet we were able to do that and, and I do feel that there's a middle ground between how it sounds now and, and, and I'm not talking about the, 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 the style of music, yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. genre music, that's bang on and it should yeah. never make, Radio 1 should never make sense to the average 40 year old and no. it never fucking should. No. Um, but I think I also witnessed as I was leaving to join Five Live, I think the stripping away of that ability to once an hour, once every 90 minutes, once every two hours to go, you know what, that was girls allowed and that was Coldplay, but this is Ara batter by Sigur Ross and it will break your fucking heart. To put that Sit individual down, imprint you know? on,
0: to show here's, here's what I'm bringing, rather than just... And again, there's a huge skill, as we were discussing before we started recording, actually, of simply being a presenter. Yeah. But the fact is, with things like... And Joe a Wiley is one who, who gave us some of our first daytime Absolutely. play. And it was like, it, it, it's, there was no, and I don't know, it's a weird one. Cause my thought is always uh, uh, looking back, however many million, there's a lot of them who aren't going to be into us. Yeah. But man, it's amazing that someone had the right and ability to play that. Yeah. Just cause they chose like you, you might like this, you might not, but you might yeah. like this. Um, and Sigurd Ross is, it's a funny one. Cause when uh, you and Edith were doing that, I was working in HMV and you see the influence and power of it because that then became an album that we'd have on in the store yeah. constantly. Oh, wow. And it was, it was like, well, it's, I associate Sigur Rosh hugely with my time at H&B because that was one of the records yeah. that, and you can't play any album. There's certain, yeah. you know, there, there has to be a certain size for you to get away with having it on in the store. Oh, and nice. that was one that, it was like, wow, we're getting to play this rather than just yeah. here's this girl's love song or whatever else. Which well, again, girls' love make some great pop songs. I ain't, I ain't hating there. I, I,
1: again, though, and, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a version of Love Machine that they made for my birthday, Amazing. Uh, which uh, was was really quite sleazy and about me trying to <laughs> to sleep with one of them. Um, but uh, back then, that was all right on daytime yeah. radio. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the the nighttime, the new music and alternative classics thing in the evening show yeah. was very much. From well, the first thing was I was determined not to have any musical apartheid. Mm-hmm. Um, I also felt that John P was very, and I'm not uh, in any way going to claim that I listened to every Fest of Fifty. My old childhood growing up because I mm-hmm. didn't, but he was a guy who I learned a lot from in the time that I was there. We had a, I remember I broke my hand and I'd switched obviously from night times to day times. Yeah. and I remember he walked past me coming in the door and he went. And Admiral Armin is saying, he went, What happened there? Did you get after crimes to fucking music? You know, and I, we always, had a, and we spent the whole time talking about football, the whole time talking about Brilliant. Liverpool. And, the, and I had so, and, and the thing that about John Peel that always infuriated me was the idea that John Peel sat on every show and went, I care about what label it's on, and I only want to play things that nobody's listening to to look yeah. clever. He was the opposite of that. Yeah. So, he, you know, you look at some of his favorite tracks of all time. Status quo, down, down. To this day, one of the greatest things I've ever heard in the radio Highlanders, ver- uh, the happy hardcore version of Hard for Me to Say, I'm sorry. Hold me now. Tough for me, it's still one of the fucking greatest tunes of all Amazing. time. Um, he <laughs> broke the strokes. He broke the white stripes. Yeah. Even So, right up until his last days, he was playing the bands first. Why? Because yeah. he listened to the tunes. Yeah, he he sat in a room, a played them, and went, I like these. And I always yeah. had that in my head. If you're going to take one thing from the, you know, the greatest music DJ of all time, take that. It's, don't it's, try it's, and be him. Don't try and talk like him. Don't try and be a clone of him because just be yourself like he was. It's, but it's, don't it's, fucking throw a record out because it sold a million copies because he never did. Completely.
0: It's, and it's what I always thought when when he passed and there was all this, oh, this person's the, the next John Peel, this person's next John Peel. The one that always got me was, was John Kennedy because yeah. he wasn't on that big station, but he was tucked away in the middle of the night on XFM doing exactly that, yeah. going from a, a, like grime records that he broke that you'd never yeah. think j- just j- John yourself. Kennedy broke this grime yeah. record, but it was like oh this is a lovely, yeah. I, re- I really enjoy it, you know. And yeah. It's like it's exactly that, it's that same thing of that just passion and love for it, and and the listening to absolutely everything. Which and again, I was so hard, lucky, I didn't have that, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't manage that. I was so lucky
1: because I had three very different people who worked on my my nighttime show originally. And it was uh, the first, uh, the team that I worked on when I first started in Nighttime Radio National was a guy called Rob Lewis, who was fantastic. Loved radio, young enough for me to connect with. Then we had a really kind of, like, completely different intelligentsia uh, uh, radio nerd who would have made Kenny Everett look like a part-timer, yeah. do you know what I mean? At radio, it was like uh, Joe Harland, who was fantastic, still there now. And then I had this little scraggy, scruffy little young uh, BA called Annie McManus, right. who she she went on to do, all right, you know what I mean? But she was my broadcast assistant. She yeah. was like, you know, the bottom Amazing. rung of the ladder, little Annie Mac, and, you know, and she was like... Uh, I really wanted DJ and we were all like, yeah, you should go for it. Fucking yeah. hell, she did not, did she? Did but right. what a team to have somebody like yeah. her as a kid going, I like this dance record and she put it on and her and Rob Lewis would put on Dave Clark or whatever, which I didn't have that in my repertoire yeah. and I would be like, fuck yes, that's amazing, just what track, play the wolf, whatever, you know, and all that was coming from them while I had a completely different thing that I like with music and it all came together. It's, and, it's, and I always had a good team. I always was lucky that, there that, to have that.
0: For me it's that, that 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 lack of ego that allows you to do the Miles Davis thing. And it's strange to compare you 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 running your radio show to Miles Davis putting out a record but I'm having it. Yeah yeah take it. <laughs> but the fact is a Miles Davis record has loads of people that aren't Miles Davis on it. Yeah. But it's because he's got that ability to go Wow, you take the stage for a minute. You yeah. you run with this. This is amazing. And yeah. step back, and that's what was exciting. That and it's it's where our brief run of 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 the spoken words uh, surgery yeah I, it came and it was after I think I'd been on a few times and we'd chatted yeah. and you said look would you be up for doing a weekly thing yeah that's the spoken word surgery and originally I think it was going to be I think you originally asked if I would I'd write something. To a topical each week and yeah. at that point that's again, that's on me by the way fucking hell could you write something new every week please which is ridiculous but, but again it's similar to, to to your outlook there my thing was at that point I was getting some good daytime play I was yeah. getting tons of exposure on numerous things I was like i not in an arrogant way, but I don't need it. Yeah. So like I'd rather yeah. ha- put other people over. So yeah. so it became a thing where I'd introduce, I'd do it as if it was a problem that we're yeah. trying to trying to um, um, solve. And yeah. I'd, I'd choose a poet and say, like, what's your poem about? Right, I'll now write a medical issue. And it was was based, I was driving home one night, and it wasn't a dig, but I was driving home one night and Kelly Osborne was doing her surgery thing yeah. on Radar One, which was... um Completely unqualified, advising yeah. people on all yeah. sorts of mental health or physical issues, yeah. and it was like that didn't last long. That this is hilarious. Yeah. It's like, and again, it wasn't hated. I genuinely found it entertaining, but I was like, this is crazy. So I wanted to do a similar thing, yeah. and again, it's that whole late night thing of going under the radar meant we could get away with it because it yeah. was kind of mocking something that was on Radio One, <laughs> and we got away with it. And <laughs> we got away with it. And it was that I'd like right, what's s- your poem about? Right, I'll now write. I'll write in a fake oh we've got this person who's got this illness and i've got a special surgeon in yeah. in 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 J- 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 Jolyon or, or Kate Tempest or yeah. Polar Bear or any of these guys that have gone on to do amazing things as well um and they're going to give a, you know a, a solution to that and an antidote and and,
1: and where where that went right back to is, if my memory serves me right is one of the worst memories in the history of the planet but same is that because because my oh god, this sounds so dated now, but it's like why 2K? <laughs> but we had the first internet feature, so at a time when the way you got music off the internet was well, the way you stole music was a thing called LimeWire, yeah, and and really dodgy places yeah. that you type anything in and you'd get it. Yeah. and we wanted to do like a 45 minutes a week, which was just a mismatch of stuff of stuff that people hadn't really discovered yet outside yeah. of a very small amount, pulling stuff off like say for example, Sonus Quartet covers and if they were going then, were they? I you know, yeah. think they were. And, and Christopher Riley doing Radiohead and uh, Internet. You know, because at that time, people wouldn't have played, say, for example, the best bit of Eddie Murphy Raw yeah. like, or, or Delirious or, or on the radio. We, and yeah. we wanted to put together this 45 minutes was a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of something else. Yeah. You know, this is some fucking mad band from San Francisco who've just done like a string quartet version of Where Is My Mind? Yeah. And that was... When I was doing that nighttime show, that was just all beginning and it hadn't it wasn't yeah. like so what YouTube is now was what that section was there. It was like a
0: miscellaneous section. And that's which where is we the most first exciting section it. in playing. Yeah, because yeah.
1: you never knew you were gonna get. You know, yeah. you, you would be getting the you know, we would literally play the fucking Sears for Cookies song from yeah. Sesame Street followed yeah. by a spoken word yeah. that we'd and we probably were like stealing your material to begin with. Because <laughs> yeah. it would have been would have been just lifting that off, right? And yeah, then yeah. the next thing I remember we played that whole and this is how radio was to get you imagine. Away with this. So it was nine after nine o'clock, right? And I remember we played the entire section Eddie Murphy's thing about when he went round Bill when Bill Cosby rang him to say you shouldn't swear on stage, and And it has the punchline. He says I rang Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor said, "Tell him motherfucker next time he rings, (laughs) to suck my (laughs) dick." We played that out. Like it was was looking back on it, and I did appreciate it then, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I did appreciate it then. Yeah, and I think that's when we first played spoken word. It's the first time that. And I I recreated that for a thing called Soundscape for Six Music just before I moved to Talk Sport. And I wanted to keep it going because it did really well, but politics dictated that for some reason in the media bubble that the idea of someone who was on talk sport being in six music just wouldn't do you a, know be yeah. like having shit on the shoe of the BBC but uh, it's such a shame it didn't happen and again because it was such a success those
0: four we yeah. did a half hour soundscape with no talking of just it's, these subjects it's, and it's such a weird a world in the politics of all that Yeah. I, 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 when I went in for my, my meeting at XFM and got my XFM show the first thing I said was I'm only going to do it if I'm allowed to acknowledge that radio one and six music yeah. exist I want to say I heard this on Zane show, yeah. or, or Huey Morgan played this yeah. the other week, because yeah. the fact is, they all exist and we all know oh they all God, exist, it shouldn't be a competition, again I keep harping on about podcasts, but what I love about podcasts is, most of the new podcasts I learn about are from other podcasts yeah. saying, oh shit, you've got to hear this, yeah. rather than being all secretive and, and exclusive the, the, and distant, The worst so. one I
1: ever had of that was I was presenting you UEFA Cup stuff, and I was referencing Champions League games, Yeah, and one of the bosses sent a message down saying, can you stop mentioning the Champions League? as if people were going to stop watching the fucking, yeah. or stop watching yeah. the better tournament. Or, and I was like, no, as no, if no, they're not going to have heard of it yet. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be watching yeah. the Euros." and go, well, yeah. what's this Champions yeah, League you this? keep talking about? Yeah.
0: what is this? <laughs> we'll so this I was like, lot.
1: actually, we want to connect ourselves to that as much as possible. Because right now, we're showing fucking Spurs away to Dnipro at 5pm. Yeah. So we can connect ourselves to Barcelona at Real Madrid.
0: Then that's a hell of uh, a...
1: Very bizarre how that whole world works. It tends to be with people who've never broadcast yeah. them. Uh, and that's the thing it's about that it. weird um, exclusiveness. But it was, that's how spoken word sort of came
0: into my world I think from and it, my memory that's, yeah, and it, it was a very... crazy thing at the time because at the time again we were all doing a million different things so yeah. was like, oh this sounds fun yeah but it's been since then that I've had people who've come up in the Roundhouse Collective and just people who are doing great in the spoken word scene yeah. come up to me and say that I first heard stuff when it was on the, on that spoken word I, surgery I didn't
1: realise it was that I powerful back then I didn't think about um, that at all The, the, the and not, the not saying the that it's responsible and, for the
0: blow up yeah. it, but a, a, you realise that you're putting spoken word out to... It may not be the tens of millions in daytime, but it's still a load of people who potentially wouldn't have yeah. had access to listen well, to it. There would already have been people into spoken word, but they're not the people that are listening to Radio 1 at that point. And but, that's what's exciting about but it. But this might be the
1: bit you don't like. My reasons for putting it out yeah. were absolutely nothing to do with that. Yeah. They were based in the same logic and principle of we liked it. Yeah, you know, So I never came reasons. from the point of view... I was never trying to support a scene. I was yeah. never trying to give people something that they didn't have, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, the, you know, we were under a little pressure in terms of getting the balance right and I've always fought them away and I said, look, I'm just going to play what I like and some shows I would have done would have been quite mainstream and other shows would have been less so but I I also knew that if I wanted people to listen to the unknown bit of spoken word the track before it couldn't be another piece of unspoken uh, uh, unknown spoken word it it needed to be the track I liked best, yeah, by the Flaming Lips. So, yeah. a bad example, like, actually, I fucking love them, but you know, yeah. it needed to be a band who I like and I like that track. And I knew that loads of people like that track, and yeah. I could more than live with playing it, yeah, because I knew that that would just mean to be 300,000 more people, yeah, would hear, yeah. Letter from God the Man or whatever yeah. it would be. And and that that is the art of radio to this day, and it even seems- with sport. It's like, I want to talk about the team from amateur football who've been kicked out of their league and I know that if people are going to listen to that I need uh, uh, Alan Shearer on after the news and before that piece to be talking about Manchester United's new signings and it's that bit in the middle that makes the show and And, and it was always those tracks that made the show but I didn't do it to support a scene and that's the difference between the artist and the presenter I think it's
0: genuinely a simple psychological thing there as well is it it buys you a bit more time of the bit that they're not familiar with and I find that again the DJing in clubs is if there's a new song I want to play that I'm nervous about, I'll make sure it's coming after something that will get them all on board. Absolutely. And they'll have that, that, that little bit of faith and already be up, already yeah. be a bit happy and buzzy, yeah. that I can drop that. If if I played the four new songs in a row, then yeah. you, you're dead. Absolutely. You, you know, or, you, or it might go off, but it's, it's a bigger risk. Whereas if you can do that, right, I've got their trust. Yeah. Now have a look at this. You
1: have to do it like that, yeah. and the more you do it, and the more repetitive you do it, and the more you connect those tracks together, yeah. and then all of a sudden it becomes that. And yeah, and you have, your yeah. audience, like, re, re, and you asked earlier, yeah. like, why, why radio? I love radio now, and it's yeah. my absolute home. I still love to write, and I still have to yeah. always be writing something. Yeah. But I, I couldn't live without writing something. I've been lucky to have four years at the Metro now, and yeah, it's just amazing. the most. I just love Thursday afternoon sitting down, just me. If I could do it. You know, I would like... I see myself at 60, you know, in the middle of nowhere, only doing that, you know. Tarking away, Um, And maybe doing a radio show using some sort of weird technology. It's probably just going to be talking into a phone, talking into your watch by then. It'll probably be radio quality. But um, the uh, radio is a place where you cannot lie. Yeah. You can if you're a news presenter, but if you're going to really do something like sport or music or something that has a passion to it, you cannot lie to your audience. As long as you don't lie to them, they don't have to like you and they don't have to like all your choices or all yep. your opinions but just don't lie to them because they hear it yep. and and, and they don't mind you even making mistakes. They they don't mind you getting it wrong yep. but they fucking hate if you're not being yourself yep. and I've yep. always found that anything I've done that hasn't been quite me has yep. failed and like my and talk sport show now sense, he's doing well because yeah. I'm being me. Yep. It's not like the show's around it. It doesn't yep. mean it's better or worse yep. but I'm just not the cynical person and I'm not, I don't think football is a matter of life or death yeah. and I don't mind talking about falling out of love with football and I don't mind talking a lot about FIFA before anybody else really was yeah. in radio all those great people doing work in print yeah. and you know, it's just me and that's what it is and you, and, and that kind of works and with Edith and I it was always the same in Radio 1 with me w- when I took over that peel slot again another poison chalice and it was like my thought process. I was confident because I knew just be you. Yeah. And that it's not about you being good or you being great. It's about you being you. You
0: being you and being honest.
1: Yeah. And oh, anyone listening it's starting in radio and t- and, and television is different. It's 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 a horrible sort of um, awkward lover that I kind of have. Yeah. That I would gladly never sleep with again. But you yeah. kind of have to. I I do harbour a great ambition one day to find a TV show that gives me what radio's given me, and I never yeah. have. But anyone listening now, it's like just. Like, be nice to everybody. Like, you know, really work hard. They all those things that have existed for decades are still true now. Yeah. And be yourself. Don't go to bed thinking the accent you have to talk with in the radio the next day is different than the one you just yes. kissed your love of your life good night with. You Completely. know. Just don't don't make it different because you'll have a lot. I, I know people who've done that and they've been fairly successful, but they, they can't yeah. maintain it because you can't contain. You cannot maintain phoniness in radio. No,
0: hundred you know? percent. There's 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 t- two things that jump out there which i kind of want to I wrap things up on um and and i'll i'll, I'll go just quickly on, on on you talking about tv and yeah. you've, you've had some great stuff in there i, I watched i remember watching a great sn- snooker documentary yeah the, the 85, I, final. 85 final which was yeah I enjoyed just that it's and one so, of my
1: it's one of the diamonds amongst my rubble of television yeah but but that's uh, it the, that,
0: yeah the, the thing to me you've said and we were talking before and the kind of n- the, the the love hate with tv the not finding the right place all i can say to you is th- the darts because the <laughs> that darts is which is gone now of course yeah but it was yeah. it was it was the one that I was, as yeah. soon as i tuned into that because again i didn't know th- i i i Became aware of you as, as a music guy. Yeah. So then when you were suddenly on sports stuff, it was odd. And the dance was the one that I was like, yeah. This is so perfect. Like yeah. it was just, it was, you know it, what? It felt so Be- home and spot on for you. I don't know how
1: many of those years I did, maybe like eight years. The BBC have just dropped it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so that's my I wasn't even aware the, of that. That's a great story. Yeah, I just dropped it. Um, I actually think it's not, and I, I kind of agree with it because, you know, what the, a lot of the stuff that's happening darts not the bore people with darts but it it is as a stage now where I think the gap between the two it's it, it was getting harder and harder to right. say you know this is a world champion in this stage and I don't mind mean that disparagingly but uh, it was always that case look there's only ever been a couple of champions ever in PDC history that mm-hmm. didn't win the BDO first yeah but that's changing and yeah. great. Players coming through like Keegan and Smith, and and youth players coming through now in PDC are usurping the best of the BDO, in my opinion, and it it became much more difficult. I wish
0: for me, always had those true characters. Yeah. And then it, th- yeah. there was still obviously a high level, but it was so much you've got, yeah. you've got these amazing characters and and, and weird, and it, it made yeah. it entertaining. And then Absolutely. there's that I that think the gaps up. just
1: became too big. Yeah. I just wish he, uh, there was a, about four or five years ago, uh, uh, Hearn offered a million to buy them out. And, oh. and I knew he would have done quite a good job with it. He was going to yeah. keep it. And I wish it had happened, but yeah. there you go. That's history. But, The way, again, yeah, that probably was an example of when I managed to find a little bit of radio and TV because the guy beside me does not know how to lie. Yeah. And Bobby George is just one of the greatest (laughs) human beings I've ever met. And, you know, I I, I love Bobby like a family member, you know. And he is, you know, he rings me once every three weeks. Oh, son, give us a fucking ring back before it fucking snows, you fucking, you know. (laughs) Like, he is just a fan that Bobby has got. Bobby is one of the just, and, and, you know, at times... Bobby makes me want to fucking curl up in the ball and cringe at some things he'll say. Right, not on air, you know, yeah. just like because he's a proper old man. Like yeah. he makes me laugh so much. But like he, he, he would, he would fucking give me the shirt off his back. Like we've, you know, I absolutely adore him. And to, to explain what I mean about television, it's not that it's a you know this horrible thing. It's yeah. not. And for many people, it's great for them but i i every morning plan a radio show by sitting down and going right what's the big things what's the small things what's happening right how can we invent that and make that you know yeah. so how can we take for example that story and where is it going to go to mm-hmm. and okay here's roughly what we're going to do and let's let it develop yeah. Um. like for example Owen Coyle was mid-manager of Blackburn that, last week yeah. and he, he managed Burnley and the, the owners of Blackburn are at loggerheads still with the fans the Venkies and they they won't even sit down with a consortium that want to buy 51% am yeah. not saying they need to sell it but sit down with them yeah, yeah, everybody that knew that story you know so I was able to run through that story and then we just did you know because I know the presenters I have on that day and that guy's a comedian and that guy likes to laugh we did a like what was the conversation in that room when they decided Owen Coyle was the right guy for the job? Yeah, because yeah. It, you couldn't have picked, you know, it, it would it, you could not have picked a more inappropriate manager at yeah, the moment. Yeah, that like it sent the Blackburn fans in the meltdown. You know, we have run through that sort of like where in the list did they come to, yeah. and that's what t- that's what radio is. You know, it's like every, every we'll it's a we'll challenge. Inst-
0: Steve Lomas. Steve Lomas Steve yeah, you know, Lomas do you know what I'm going to give you a
1: part of the show you're going to have to bleep, bleep out Go but on. the main song as he walked out for the first time was
0: West Ham cunt
1: yeah. West Ham cunt yeah. what like that's you know put on the level of that Owen Cole being the Blackbird yeah. manager yeah. and it was ludicrous but rather than sort of be all stern-faced and like footballs is be-all and end-all you know you look at how you can twist it have fun with it's it exactly and all that fun with it. this, and the, and the, this uh, is what TV uh, is uh, right this yeah. is so so important and because I did three years of maths a day too. And, and look, I've tried my best in my creative. Make my decisions based on creativity and happiness. Yeah. Forget ratings, forget money, forget everything. Yeah. And that was one of the few times after like a year that I made a decision based on profile and yeah. I should have after a year went this isn't for me isn't I don't fair. think I was very good at it I thought I was always trying to box my way out of the box that it was yeah. rather than realising that that box wasn't for me in the first place right. and it caused a, a revagable damage I think in terms of I don't give a fuck but in terms of career and it's this that when you're watching Match of the Day Match of the Day 2 and Sky Sports and whatever else do you realise that when the Pundit says, this is what I think happened. And then they run something that illustrates that. That was made four hours ago. So now reverse the process. He had to have told that guy four hours ago that he wanted to point out that the left back was out of position. Yeah. He then had to tell me that that's what he wanted to talk about. And I had to ask him something appropriate so he could lead into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It is mind-numbingly dull. And that's why okay. I ended up in the paper every month for making an inappropriate comment because it was I, so
0: fucking frustrated. I did, I did you a, know? Sh- a show on, on BT Sports f- of a little while, an MMA show called called Fighting Talk actually, yeah. which was a, a popular nothing name. like being original. Um, um, well done, <laughs> fuck yeah! yeah. I, was, I, was, I was doing that, and it got I always got tons of love on there. And this yeah. guy Dan Hardy, who's an ex-fighter, got yeah. loads of love. And and OJ did the clipper Race recently, Dan Hardy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's doing amazing things. Yeah. Well. But but oj Borge was the was the presenter of it and he always got a lot of stick but the fact i'd always defend him because the fact is he's the one that's got an earpiece in having to do all this awkward shit and me and dan get to go there and talk excitedly about fights and that's it we have got the easiest job in the world he's the one that's got to go now i have to ask this question to lead on to this or i have to ask that that people say it just seems like he's got an agenda it's like well yeah he's got an agenda it's a tv show yeah well, so the, the person who'll get the most again, stick. again, it's that weird th- thing of TV. Yeah. And that was even, as one of the ones who was getting... I never got a bad word when I was on i I'd yeah. have some people saying, why is this guy on there? Yeah. <laughs> who is he? What's he got to do with MMA? But as soon as we started talking, they'd go...
1: All right, no he knows what he's, he knows what he's talking about. And another thing is his job is probably to sit as close to the center as he can. Yep, yep. And unfortunately in the world of fandom and passion whether it be football whether it be music, if you sit especially in sport, if you sit in the middle mm-hmm. and you can see both sides, yep. well you're actually biased to both sides yeah. because that's not what being a fan is. It still frustrates yeah. me these days when I hear uh, and sometimes happens people have a show and they're like I'd rather you didn't say what football team I supported and I'm like why the fuck not yeah. don't be here then Yeah, go away and yeah. and, and, and fucking ban allotment and sit yeah. there and listen to the other people be passionate because and that's what I love about talk sport you know we ask our audience to trust us yep. when the red light's on not to be biased in yeah. our not to be vindictive Against those who would be our rivals, it, but at the same it's time not biased, fine to be biased. To biased of you, course, you're, you're a But don't hide that. our passion. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be awful if I was going on the radio for the Euros and going, well, obviously I would be just as delighted if Wales won or yeah. England than Northern Ireland. Oh, fucking I'd be glad they all went out. I'd be glad they, they were all disqualified just for us to win one match. <laughs> and and that's the thing. And I would hope an England fan would say, on hearing that, I know that 90, 90% of England fans or more would go, good on you, because that's exactly
0: how I feel about that's my England. A, a yeah. And it's, it was the beautiful thing with the whole Agent Lomas thing and Steve yeah. Lomas at Mill was I was getting so much sick from West Ham fans, but it always, it was it was funny and it yeah. was right and it was fair. And the fact is we still still, one of, like, Millwall get a lot of stick for a lot of the bad things in their history or whatever else, but still one of the wittiest moments in history was when West Ham had their last game and were going down from the Premiership and a plane flew over with a banner that said, Avram Grant, Millwall legend. <laughs> Someone <laughs> yeah. had gone to the trouble and even all my West Ham man faces yeah. like, that was fair play. That was all right. We're, 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 we're gutted that we're getting yeah. relegated, but that was that was funny. That was fair play. That, that's why I will the never... The thought that's gone into that. So, some fan
1: bases have a history of things that absolutely they need to take responsibility 100%, for. And 100%. And that stretches across various fan bases. But I'll, I will never let that minority, whether it's a few people or a few hundred or a few thousand, ever take away the fact that, you know... I probably know 50 to 60 Chelsea fans and yeah. none of them would have been those guys in the train in Paris yeah, and I know of hundreds of Liverpool fans and hundreds of Manchester United fans and none of them would have been those fined for chance at yeah. the Europa League game and I always try my best in radio radios to say look I'm not, I'm not excusing it I'm saying that they should, recently I did a thing on there saying we should ban pitch invasions because the players now are being confronted by these idiots coming on the pitch. And sometimes, yes, we all have to suffer because of the small amount of people, mm-hmm. but I'm always trying my best to not allow the silent majority to be ignored in mm-hmm. what I do in sport. Because I grew up in an era where the silent majority were afraid yeah. socially, politically uh, to speak up because they were worried about the consequence that would come up. And that's always stuck with me, even though sport's so less important in life yeah. and death and life, you know, and yeah. how you grow up, it still sticks to me. Like I know the power of the silent majority when yeah. they find their voice. And I always yeah. try and put that across. I think that's important in sport. But TV for me is always, I've felt like it's a straight jacket. Yeah. Um, and I hope one day I'll find something, but hey, I don't fucking need to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Like so- I'm,
0: I love the radio and I just, you and, know, I really do I have such a passion for it, and that's the view of it. I have. I have people ask, oh, because the podcast is doing well, and people say, S- so "What's the plan with this? Is it going to oh, be a radio f- show? Is it going to be a TV?" Show? I like, think you should do the film plan it. is this the plan? Is this? It, yes. It's, it, this is. Oh. This was the plan, and it's better than I could have hoped. I know, so I know. But the thing that again, I'll wrap things up com- completely now because I need to I'll let you get on your way. But I'm okay for 14 minutes. Well, let's, <laughs> let's get it. The thing that <laughs> the thing that always I found really inspiring f- from you was. When a Radio 1 are having one of their, sh- their sh- sh- shuffles and move-arounds, it's a scary moment. Mm. There's people who are like, shit, this is, yeah. this is the end of my career. I'm having the rug pulled from underneath me. Yeah. I'm being moved on. Essentially, there's probably a psychological thing of I'm being told I'm old now. Because yeah. as you said, days on Radio 1 shouldn't make sense to a 40-year-old. <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. It's like, in many ways, this is a big thing. But the, the thing I loved when you moved on from Radio 1 was it just went from strength to strength and again i said i didn't really know that much about the 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 sport Mm. passion and things like that and it wasn't it's like right now i'm smashing it in in sports radio and on tv and all these other things it was like wow he didn't spend a year going oh what do i do Mm. how can i get a small slot on six music or can i go on to this or that it was like well i tried to leave earlier thanks for
1: letting me go i tried to leave earlier a year earlier and uh the boss at that stage, and the parfit said, "Look." he said some very nice things. to He took me out and said, this is why I want you to stay. It's not a commercial thing. I feel like you need to have different layers of a station and I see you as the little sprinkle that I need at yeah. the moment. And I thought, okay. And instead, stayed an extra year and left just for his 31st birthday. But when I was like 22, 23, 24, and I, I watched how, and I observed how there was a Radio 1, Radio 2 thing that happened and then yeah. Six Music was invented. In it. And I have no problem with that, but I, I knew then I didn't want to be that guy. Right. I, don't, I didn't and still don't want to be playing the records that I discovered when I was 24 to the same people when I was 44. Yeah. I've ran away from that ever since. So I gave yeah. them a year's notice. And one of the things right. that will always stick in my head that was it really, really frustrated me, and I have so many nice memories about Radio 1, but that year when it came around to the radio academy awards they didn't enter me in any of the categories because they said it would look bad if I won as I was leaving mm. and that was the one thing stuck. and I thought what a really bad low blow
0: and the other thing that happened yeah, that's was
1: harsh. Um, so anyway so
0: Obviously, i had, so what was 2007 great? a a winner of the Radio Academy Awards as best as music we got then yeah we got the music
1: award back then I always say we because like Natasha Linson and and Rachel McElroy were just fantastic with me and and Natasha was amazing when we were talking about the spoken Um, word stuff as well so I'm I was was already doing Fight and Talk in Five Live so the switch to Five Live I made that I had a year to sort it out which was really good but you Know it's funny about things that some people look down their nose at because I broke some bands who I haven't liked since they became big. So yeah. I like I was the biggest Snow Patrol fan ever when they were on Jeepster, yeah. And I remember Final Straw coming through and having stand up arguments about playing Run, right. which I still think is a fucking amazing piece of pop music. Yeah, and okay, I didn't like the album after I didn't like the album after that because they chose that this mainstream world was going to be one that they yeah. moved and they were ensconced in rather than would sort of maybe stay in the edges of a yeah, bit, sure. Um, but still very proud of the fact that you know those early records. But the darkness was another one. I got to claim responsibility for some as well. The darkness. Yeah. I remember right, that was. I remember the pyramid stage when that all blew yeah. up and they played that. The last song they did in the set was "Get Your Hands Off My Woman, Motherfucker." Yeah. And at the very end of it, which goes "Get Your Hands Off My Woman, Motherfucker," wow! And then it finishes. They went "Get your hands off of my woman." Stop the gig. Just silence. People cheered, and Justin went. Thanks, Colin. Motherfucker. and you know that is one of the greatest five yeah. things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. That connection between that, you know, I always argue passionate. and I remember Joe, one of the Joe Harland who mentioned earlier, one of the, one of the few crosswords we had. He came up to me and he said, um, "I had a, a band on who were unsigned yeah. in one of my last ever se- uh, sessions in Radio One, and he said, just look, keep a lid on it. I know you know you're leaving, but there's still consequences. You can't just have unsigned bands in playing.'" some form of country music. I mean, yeah. I think it's taking the piss a bit and I went, okay, fair enough. Just for the record, they'll be the biggest band in the world and he laughed. He went, no, they won't. And I went, no, 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 seriously, they will. So that session was Mumford and Sons. <laughs> um So I think I've always had a decent ear for that and then, yeah, so, um <laughs> I love it. But, so I never wanted to be, I never wanted to have my fingernails in the door of Radio 1 being yeah.
0: dragged out being pushed onto that again, I never that, wanted that the, process yeah. oh now you're yeah. two and now you're yeah. this or that so. I just
1: wanted to be the guy who and, and now I harbour very different ambition but yeah. I always want to make sure I'm I'm, I'm pushing my, I, I, I became very comfortable with the Poison Chalice when, when you sort of are an underdog to begin with, and haven't done radio, yeah. and you you know you're an underdog in the newspaper because you don't have a qualification, you're yeah. an underdog at Radio One because you've never done radio, you're an underdog in the afternoons because you're replacing Mark and Large, you're an underdog at night because yeah. you're replacing fucking John Peel, yeah. you know. It kept happening, you know. Your mo- even when it came to talk sport, it was Keys and Gray, you know. There it was, it was like a real kind of, of strong
0: sentiment for, yeah. for and against that show in a weird way. I've and always had respect, that, and, and it I was stepping at a point where people have been forced out when the audience might not have liked it, or or there was a lot of tension over. So again, that was was a very tough one to walk into. But I
1: I kind of have learned to treat that as the imposter that it is, you know, and that's what I like about radio. You don't need to worry about doing interviews. You don't need to worry about press because people just switch the radio on and hear the voice and either connect or don't. That's what radio is. All success in radio is based on, on on
0: just on hard work, you know? Um, so, yeah. There's so the- numerous shows on, 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 on Talk Sport that. I've listened to load and I still don't know which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like, dad, I love those yeah, two guys. Yeah. It's like, I don't know which. Yeah. One,
0: I, I, but again, it's that I connect to them, their yeah. voices as a pair. And that's what it is. I'm not paying enough attention to when yeah. they co- Yeah. which name is French. I know exactly yeah. what you
1: mean. I always say to people on my radio show, one of the acid tests is they think, because people obviously have a lot of other things going on in their life. Yeah. And one of the most common things people do, although I don't know how they do it, but I have Steve Bonson on a Wednesday and Bob Mills on a Friday. And yeah. People genuinely get them mixed up. yeah and I have no idea how people can but they do yeah you know? yeah, yeah. And, and do you know what radio is radio is something that is meant to provide a, a friend or a bit of company to the the listener that's what I think yeah. if you're doing it yeah. if you're doing a show when people are driving to work it's slightly different or driving back from work that's why they're called breakfast and drive yeah. that's why they have the highest ratings it's about bang 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 big story big story big story then repeat bang 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 big that's why the records yeah. are bigger the stories are bigger from from 10 o'clock the five o'clock radio is about being company for people who are at work who are alone at home who are traveling yeah. and that's why i love the slots that's why i've always asked for the afternoon slots over the big ones Completely. because this is where you can make people's life a little bit more tolerable and i, genuinely and I love think it that. makes
0: a, a, a massive difference on the talk element of it as well because the fact is with music it's it's time time's sensitive breaks. So yeah. either I'm enjoying this song, it's on for this amount of time, I'm not enjoying that song, it's on for that amount of yeah. time. Whereas we have a conversation, it's it potentially never ending. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. that you can lose half an hour easily. Yeah. And it's like right, that was that rather than oh it's been four songs or five songs, it's yeah that just becomes one section. It's like that felt like two minutes, but it's been half hour of and, discussion. And, and
1: there's nothing better when, when, you know, a conversation starts at A and ends up at F or G or H and then you take a break and then you just click on your internet and it just goes poof and your response is there from people and you go, they've connected to it, they get it, we're having this conversation together, you know. That's what radio is and it hasn't changed. And you know what? I don't think it will. Yeah, maybe it'll diminish and maybe it'll change how people listen to it and maybe the format they listen will change and all that. that. But look, I always say this, people who go online to date and people who now internet date and use internet to do it, they don't have any different feeling when they turn up for that date than my grandmother or grandfather yeah. had when they met. Yeah. Scared, fucking shitless. Yeah. Worried they're not going to be good in bed. Yeah. Worried they're going to say the wrong thing. Worried they get sweat patches under their arm. Yeah. Wondering what their exactly. table manners are. when yeah. they have, you know, the real life bit still has to happen. The, in the real ends. life bit's still <laughs> the same, and that's what's fantastic about human connection. You can dance connection. the digital bit as long as you want, absolutely. but at some point, absolutely, the, real the human life bit has connection remains exactly the same. I think
0: that's perfect well we'll end it there thank you very much for coming on what is, a pleasure. is there anything you want to it's like anything that ahead that you're excited about or want to push um, your um, plug or- I have waited quite a long time to do it partly
1: because he kind of was the, the sort of everyone has their heroes in their life mm. but my grandfather was that yeah. and um, when he passed away way too early about 10 years ago and it's been one of those things where the first 3-4 years you know didn't mention his name yeah. Yeah. and then you sort of you become comfortable with the sort yeah, of the course. loss and we found out after he passed away that he may have not been what he said he was so I I, I now know for a fact that the thing that he asked of for example my auntie the oldest sister to keep quiet that he was MI6 has all started to come through wow. and I have now learned about Burmese prison of war camps so I'm going to write a book about you know was my grandfather James Bond I've no idea I just oh, know fantastic. that he I my mum said a brilliant thing I said can you tell me anything about that area of your childhood and she went he definitely wasn't in my... I mean, we lived in England for a bit, some weird place, but, like, that was just because we moved out of family. So, what was it called? And she went, I have no idea, love. Like, Belgium. I went... Would that be Bletchley? And she went, aye, that was it, Somehow did you know that? And I was like, okay, I think he might have been involved then. So <laughs> I think he might have been some sort of code breaker of some sort. And my, my I suppose the, my unfulfilled ambition is to write more. Yeah. Um, so this summer, I'm going to sort of try a, a piece of fiction and started working on to really sort of embrace that and to write this book about my grandfather and generally try and do these things that are less about money and commercialism and more about, uh, I, you know, I've put these off long enough.
0: I mean, the the trouble everyone always says with writing, and particularly writing a book of any point, is the motivation to get to the end of it, to finish it, to complete this, to get the work done. I couldn't think of a project that anyone could be more motivated to exactly. research well, and get excited it's, it's more, and get to the bottom of because yeah it's, it's as much for you to go exactly. so what was this yeah. what was going on that's that sounds like an amazing project it's been more
1: about getting to the stage where i can handle listening to of people course. talk about them. yeah and, sure. not, and i've been there for a few years and i don't know why it's taken me so long to pull yeah. the trigger on it but i am this summer i've taken the time off after the euros and I'm, yeah. i've got two weeks off to probably go and interview people who are very old in our family before they pass away and yeah. not, not be morbid but yeah. Yeah, no, of it's now or never for yeah. in a lot of cases so i want to get that done I want to investigate and, and free up various you know uh, uh, freedom of information acts and 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 visit the places and I only have little snippets but I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with this which is just that this sums up the man a great man and he um uh, he always had this thing where he'd let the odd story go if he had a drink but he yeah. didn't drink very often at all and uh he um, when 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 he passed away and he was on the uh, the hospital bed and I didn't get to see it I got to see the day before which was great to just yeah. just go up and say my goodbyes and he was technically my dad you know he was the guy that brought me yeah. up really yeah. it, it felt like that it felt like that growing yeah. up and he um, he always would say very little. And they were all around the bed. And I wish I'd have been there, but They were all around the bed. And, and, uh, I think my mom or my auntie said, come on, JC, you, you can tell us your biggest secret now. It's okay. You don't have to worry about the official secret act or anything like that. And he sort of beckoned everyone close to him. And his last words he ever said in the planet was, I shot JFK. And that was his last <laughs> words in this earth. He was a great man. And, and I, I, you know, I may only discover that he was a low level code breaker, yeah. but I just can't wait to go on that journey. And I think it's an interesting story to tell because, world war one is now ancient history there's yeah. nobody alive to tell the story yeah. yeah we're only 10 15 years away sadly from world war ii being ancient history sadly and that no one will be able to give you a first-hand account sure. of it sure. you know so that side of it the, that journalistic side of it really appeals to me as, as
0: as well that sounds amazing i can't wait to see how yeah. that all, all develops well thank you very much for, for chatting it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up thank and, you for having me. cheers man thank you You've been listening to Scrooge Picks Discrushed the There we go. Two exciting parts. And we really could have rambled forever and ever. It was so so lovely to catch up with Colin. Great dude. I love the man. Um, so that was good. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to have more next week. Obviously, we're always back every Wednesday. If you enjoyed this, have a bit of a scroll through. But also, if you could rate us or or give us a review or anything like that, it all helps us with with iTunes and with the sponsors and things like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I hear tons of podcasts say that. And I just ignore them. I don't do it. So I can't really get mad at you if you don't, if I'm honest. But you know what? Next time I hear them say that, it takes moments. And I know the effect of it. It takes moments. I'm going to give that a high score. I'm going to give... Jim Ross and the Ross Report five stars because it's a five star podcast. I'm going to give The Fighter and the Kid five stars. I'm going to give Joe Rogan Experience five stars. I'm going to give Talk is Jericho five stars. I'm going to give Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, both the family friendly and the unleashed one, five stars. I'm going to give Tuesday Night Jaw five stars. I'm going to say. W- Give, say, white to Drugs five stars. I'm going to give everything five stars, five stars all round, because there's some great podcasts out there, and I recommend you check them out. And thank you for checking us out. Anything else I need to tell you? i rambled on in part one about the book tour, but do do, as we're at the end of the podcast now, and it's in your head still, have a little Google, grab yourself some tickets, and come along to one of the live podcasts on the book tour for the Distraction Pieces podcast book. I cannot wait to see you all. It's 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 beautiful because the thing I've missed m- I missed most from being off from touring and I'll be honest, I've been crazy busy since I've been off from touring so I've not had that much of a chance to miss it. I was talking to S- S- Sully Breaks the other day and he was asking if I miss it and I was like, "Mate, I've done in the last year, I've done two TV shows, a feature film and not not again, I'm not saying it's lead parts, but it's a lot. It's crazy to fit in a year, a weekly podcast, um a book, and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other stuff that I've not kind of put out or mentioned yet. Um So I've been crazy busy. But the thing I have missed is meeting all you all you dickheads up and down the country, because that's the great part. On all the tours we'd do, I'd, if you've been to, to see us before, you, you'll know I've done the merch at every gig that we've ever done, except for w- one tour at Coco where they... No, I still did it after the gig. I didn't, didn't do it before. I only did after. But... um yeah so i get to meet all you guys and it's always adorable and lovely so i'm looking forward to that on this on this tiny mini book tour run P- please don't get mad that we're not coming to your town or whatever it's 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 all i could fit in um so i appreciate uh all of you that come along and come hang out and buy the book and get it signed and come and ask me questions and be involved in q and a's and general delightful interaction um thanks for tuning in guys i'll uh I'll catch you all next week. Ta-ta.